Excuse me. Everyone good? All right. Are we ready? In the hood. We've been ready. <laughs> Sugar dick daddy, Mr. Long. <laughs> Is that your college name? I want wings on my penis. <laughs> Motorcycles and Misfits. Barely got through them. Here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Chilly Santa Cruz. Wow. The rain lifted. It did. And everyone has gone nuts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I put my leather pants on. (laughs) (laughs) You know who's also gone nuts? Oh, my God. Uh, Everyone's buying bikes. and Christmas tree people. Oh, man. Oh, Oh. Oh, that's why I stopped riding up there was Christmas tree people. Yeah, yeah, I've swerved around one on uh, 17. You did? Oh, yeah. Nice. Hey, everyone. This is Liza and uh, Night Fever, Night Fever. You know, we can do it. (laughs) That's what just came into your head? (laughs) That's what came into my head. You should see a doctor. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know what's a good for the night fever? The night banana. <laughs> Depending on where you put it. <laughs> I might have to look at that term at the, uh, the uh, Urban Dictionary. Uh, in, no. in the room tonight, we've got lots of people here, so let's get through the list. Oil house. We've got Michael. Howdy, howdy, howdy. And sitting very close to me. Incredibly close. So I can close. reach out and touch him don't don't do that <laughs> it's knock <laughs> sup bitches <laughs> running the board it's bagel burn baby burn disco inferno oh good one <laughs> sliding in on the classy girl couch tonight is this your first time it's henry hey what's up oh and he's got a hot mic oh, oh. Sure. that's all right henry yeah, you slid in on the couch. I saw you saw that spot. <laughs> Smart man. It's like when the dog sees like no one's on the couch. I'm going for it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Also on the classic the girl couch tonight. It's Miss Emma. So do you know what else comes in the night? What? The night beans. <laughs> what? <laughs> Give me the beans, darling. Does it, does it get working on the night beans? Bow bow. Oh my. All right. We're still still not even... I don't even think we're halfway. Come no, not even close yet. Yeah. Really We've right. got Raymond. I'm very honored to be on the couch tonight. Yeah. yeah. Right. How come we haven't said everybody loves Raymond yet? I know, right? Everybody <laughs> because everyone Maybe loves we'll Sasha. Maybe we'll do it someday. <laughs> Sasha the dog is also here. Oh, uh, Such a beautiful dog. All right, going dog. around the corner, showing me his man spread. It's Charles. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> In his ho 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 shirt. Yes. And uh, oh, that's a great shirt, yeah, man. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right, going around the train side. It's Isaiah. Ah, no, had to be different. <laughs> you might know him from the movie called Star Trek. <laughs> uh, Battlestar Galactic right? <laughs> More like Rock in the bathroom. Oh, and I realized tonight we've got the uh, the exotic trifecta. It's oh yeah, bringing no, it out it's, the like rear. It's, it's Jeremy. We're, as if we we're it's like a triad. Gonna, it's like a hat trick. Like gonna, a triad, as it were. Oh yeah, or like oh, Voltron. The hat trick game. <laughs> it is. It's like having a triad actually in the room. Triad. That's the triad. Triad. Math powers combined. Form up sideways. Whatever, man. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh. <laughs> and uh, sitting next to the open window, because I think he had a little too many night beans. It's Naked Jim. I'm just ready for some dim sum now after that. For <laughs> <laughs> move, I'm like, say dim sum. <laughs> Word to your moms. Oh, and, and just like the 12th night of Christmas, the 12th person in the room, it's Scott. Ooh, down from the island on the Time Bandit today. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So much going on. There are so many bikes being worked on. So many new bikes being bought. Um, Dude. So much. All right. Let's just. I want to start with. I want to start with some of the biggest news that we had this week. Something that I'm kind of proud of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Big thanks to the AMA. Yes. If you have not seen it yet, they announced the Motorcyclist of the Year, and this is the person that. The single person who's made uh, the the most uh, the progress or the impact. biggest impact on yeah. the motorcycle industry globally, and they chose Budget Bell. Budget Bell, Haley Bell from Werwer. Yeah, <laughs> wild. Wow, you know what? Um, uh, so uh, we were all blown away, mm-hmm. uh, especially because they had been doing an interview with her for an article. They said um, mm-hmm. uh, they interviewed me. They interviewed Haley. And we just thought it was an article about her. And then um, a couple days ago, I got the email saying, uh, guess what? Here's the, the news we're breaking. And it was a picture of the cover of the new magazine with Haley on the cover. It's an awesome Cycles photo, of the too. Year. Yeah. And I got to be the one to call her. Oh, and to tell, tell her. Oh, that is wow. great. So how long before she actually believed you? <laughs> like, What's up, bitch? You're AMA top, bitch. I can tell you something like that, it, it's hard to sink in. You know, yeah. um, as an AMA award winner yourself. As an AMA award winner myself. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I hold the AMA in such high esteem. What we all do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, she cried. Oh yeah, but you know the biggest thing is if we go back to the Elspeth Beard interview, mm-hmm. and when Elspeth did that run, which was what thirty-five years ago, yeah, nobody took her seriously. So right. this is how far the industry has come right. from taking a woman who wanted to ride around the world just completely not seriously, right. and having to wait all those years to be recognised, and now. For Haley to be recognized like that, it's great for Haley, but it's great for the industry in general. It, it just shows how much it's evolved. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, in fact, I gave Haley a call earlier today to hear what she had to say about it. Let's listen to that here. Haley Bell, my friend, previous guest on the podcast, founder of the Women Writers World Relay. Haley, you got some big news uh, this week. Um, you got announced as the Motorcyclist of the Year by the AMA. This is uh-huh. this is really big. I, I wanted to see, what do you think about this? How are you feeling? Uh, totally shocked. Uh, it was a total surprise. You were actually the first person to tell me. I didn't have a clue. And you rang me up and were like, oh, congratulations. Well done, Haley. I was like, what? what? I, didn't, I didn't know at all. They, they'd completely pulled the wall over my eyes and um, I thought we were getting uh, I was getting interviewed for a, a publication in the AMA magazine for WRWR and it turns out it was for my award so yeah a really really big surprise and a really really lovely one um, total honour yeah I've, I've never really won anything I, I, 
the only time I've won is in Vegas. <laughs> On the relay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Um, it is a pretty big deal, and I, you know, I want to give a big thanks to the AMA for recognizing, um, you know, what, you know, what we've all accomplished, and I feel like. I won the award too. Just being a part of your team, and um, but it really started with you being the founder and having the crazy idea that all of us latched onto. Um, I thought I find it very interesting too that um, you know it's a big deal that you're a woman, and I don't know how many women have won Motorcyclist of the Year, and you're not an American. Yeah, I think like am I bending the rules a bit here, or <laughs> is it even allowed? I'm not sure. feel like WRWR won the award and like everybody that's been within it has sort of shares this now and and it's um it's real I mean my mum and dad sent the AMA an email as well just thanking them and I, and I sent them a message as well and it's just it's really really such a great thing to do um not not as an individual but as a woman to to, to receive a, an award because it sets the precedent for for other countries as well and for other recognitions and it sort of says look it's okay to you know incorporate women into the world of motorcycling because guess what we're here um, and 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 we are riding bikes and we are doing things and we are trying to improve the community and um yeah it's just a real it's it's not just a, a, an award; it's it's a step forwards. It really is. So yeah, a massive thank you to AMA um, for that, and you know it's a real support for us. But the one thing I do want to um, let everyone know, even though you are not an American, you are a member of the AMA. I am. I snuck in. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and this is just a reminder to everyone else: you too should be a member of the AMA. Uh, though I don't believe you'll be able to use the roadside service over there in the UK. I did try and add it on there, but no, you're right, Liza. It, uh, it wouldn't allow me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to give you a big congratulations, and I can't wait for the magazine to come out uh, in the next couple of weeks that you will be on the cover of. This is this is big. This is going to go up on your wall, it's isn't it? And I know it's, it's I know it's still in the works, but I'm hoping that you might be able to attend AMA Vintage Days this summer. Fingers crossed, yeah. I'm definitely Fingers looking crossed. into it. Try and make uh, that work? I'd, I'd, really, I'd really like to attend, yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that the schedule and the, the budget and everything will allow me to, to come and say hello to my second favorite place in the world, after the UK, obviously. There it is. <laughs> All right, so that's it. Congratulations, Haley. All oh, right, thanks. Thank you. So yeah, she. Wow, that's awfully inspiring. Wise words from Miss Bell. Yeah, yeah, um, speechless. I would say is the word. All I can think about is when she broke the handlebars off your motorcycle. <laughs> um, and for anyone that wants to know, she is a member of the AMA. She just, oh, good. but she does not get the roadside service. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's outside the uh, the the, the, the range. Does this mean that her muffler won't keep falling off? Like, <laughs> no. is she going to get some kind of, you know, free muffler service or something? Is that a code word for something? <laughs> oh, no. no, it's, it's just maybe. It's a safe word. It's, it's, yeah, I know. it's triad code speak. I know. So, anyway. We're getting fried rice later. Yeah. <laughs> 
big big thanks to the big thanks to the AMA um, for announcing not, you know just Haley but also a woman and I think this is just showing yeah. how strong the women are, are coming up um, and and being a voice right now right well, is she the first yeah. woman who ever got that we don't know if she if she's the first woman and we don't know if she's the first non-American yeah you know one of the things that Walt's the AMA also recognizing is growth in motorcycling needs to happen and that's right. that's yeah. such yeah. the market and it's so hot right now and um, and that's where a big part of it is. Right. So I think it's smart for them to embrace it and recognize it, and you know, and establish like get in front of the things, get in front of the and curve. It, and, and, and if we leading. think about, it's like a very leadership thing to do. Yeah, and if we think about Haley's original mission for Wawa is to bring women motorcycling motorcyclists mm-hmm. front and center. <clears throat> She's achieved that and more. And it's funny, I was watching a trailer. We uh, helped make a movie with Jill. Remember Jill mm-hmm. Artistry is yeah. her handle? And um, she's making a women's motorcycle movie, which involves a lot of empowerment. <coughs> and uh, Stacy London was interviewed mm-hmm. in that. And Stacy's talked about this being a, a second renaissance, so to speak, of women's motorcycling. And it's a great opportunity to leverage that. Um, and now's the time to really do it. And I think the AMA is doing that. They're taking the momentum with this renaissance of women's motorcycling, if that's what it is. And they're helping leverage it into promoting the industry as a whole. So I think it's, that's bitching. Yeah, pretty exciting. Um, also, some other exciting where we're news. It's time for a little where we're update. Um, the Bataan is in Brazil, which is the final country in South America. Before well, it heads damn. to Africa. And the next stop is South Africa. Wow. wow. Nice. Um, it's leaving on the 22nd of uh, December. South America has not been a cakewalk. I've been following it. Exactly. But wow. the women have come through in droves, yeah. which was really amazing because of the language barrier, too. We did not know how many of them were really following or would participate. and. Mm. They've really come through. It's um, it's been exciting to see it carry over. Um, so yeah, heading to South Africa around Christmas. Dude, that's that, awesome. That is. Yeah, cool. and there's a bunch of women who are flying in from around the world to go participate there. So yeah. from South Africa, it's going up the the east or west coast of Africa. Up the east coast. Okay. It's, it's interesting because you have there's so many obstacles still to overcome. You're so close to the finish, a couple of months away, but. Not that you haven't. Yeah. I mean, I think some of the trips will probably be harder than this, but there's still a lot of st- stuff to follow through on. Yeah, so we're getting close. We're getting close to the finish line. We're all excited, and we've got a big party planned at the bike shed in London. We yeah. will not be there. I will be there. I know you will be there. I will be there. And Me and I, Jim will be elsewhere. You will be elsewhere. I will be at Hookers the MCN show, which I can't <laughs> wait to go to also. So, yeah, come out, see me on the adventure stage. Um, M- MCN show will be bitching. Can you get, uh, that can you would get, be worth going. Yeah. Can you get Niall McKenzie's autograph for me? I'll bring my baby. Who? <laughs> there's, a, there's a gentleman named Niall McKenzie. He does all the uh, test rides and reports oh, okay. for right. MCN. He's a known guy. Is that guy. that dude that's uh, always cool. in the videos? I think so. Yeah, that real, yeah I like mm-hmm. him. <laughs> um, let's see. I got another update. Ooh, we got new, new, new things, new oh. tools. Um, yeah, big thanks to Brian for donating a tire changer to us. You're a legend. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Awesome, right? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's one of the um, Harbor Freight tire changers. Not yeah. a big, like, you know, a pneumatic one or anything, but uh, not you know how to use this, and mm-hmm. and you'll help us get it set up, yep. find a space in the shop. Yep. 
good because I need to change some tires. Cool. I, got some, I got some tires you can do too. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, exactly. yeah, it'll be easy. Uh, we just got to get the uh, mount demount bar. And you know, right. We should we should have a tire workshop and teach people how to change tires. Yeah, we should. Mm-hmm. And they work extremely well. You know, yeah. when I when I was between jobs mm-hmm. and I needed to put a back tire on the RF, I came over to Knox and we. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember. Yeah, we crunched that thing out really quickly. Yeah, it was like literally less than like five minutes once the tire was in the the device. And like you could like pop the tire off in like less than two minutes. It's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know our friend Josh Herman, he gave me a call the other day with mm. another tool recommendation. Because mm. uh, as you know, we've been trying to I've been trying to improve, bring in a lot of new tools and organize. And Emma's been getting rid of tools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I had discovered the Milwaukee M12 uh, power tools. So the M12 is a small cylindrical battery. It's not like the big one you put in the drills. Right. But it does power drivers and all this stuff. And I originally got it for that um, <clears throat> mini reciprocating saw, mm-hmm. which is great for cutting metal, something small. And then, you know, recently I found another tool that took the same battery, which is that um, the socket. Uh, the ratchet yep power ratchet and i was like this is cool well then josh called to tell me that they also have a soldering iron oh, that yeah. uses the same battery system nice so apparently um at the milwaukee m12 they've got a lot of these really cool tools you can buy the tool only on the batteries and the batteries are not expensive i bought a couple extra so we got three batteries now that's great so i ordered that soldering uh iron which is, will be mobile no, oh that's no, cool no plug right, no right? Cord, yeah mm-hmm. It says it heats up uh, in eight seconds. Are any of the drivers impact by by chance? Uh, yeah, the one I well, oh no, like impact the okay, just curious. Um, and then also they have it's like a Dremel, so a, a small rotary, rotary tool, tool yeah. that uses the same. I'm really digging discovering all the tools they have for this M12 system. So that's kind of my shout out. Thank you, Josh, for turning me onto that. And um, yeah, yeah, super convenient tool to have. Just saying, they're great tools as Christmas gifts if you want to. Get somebody some fun little stuff. Just saying. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get to the new bike shit. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. I, fe- I feel like I've missed out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm the only one. There there was a time that everyone, and I think Knock was part of the trend. Everyone had to get supermotos. I think so. Oh, Michael, I mean, you like- got one. Knock, you got one. Jeremy, you got one. I think it was always been a thing, but then I got the XR, and then people started. And then they just they started showing up. I'm like, "What the fuck's going on over here? How does this work?" <laughs> I know. You know what I mean, well, I can tell you that adventure is the new black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've all been getting adventure bikes. Raymond, you've been on 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 uh, the to this for a while. Oh yeah, and I've been riding that train for a while. <laughs> you got the GS. Yeah. But now, I mean, and the GS has had the stronghold really on this category for so long but there's so many more good bikes i think oh sure um jim you got you were the first to get the africa twin the manual um and then i got my africa twin adventure sport dct mm-hmm. picked it up the other day that was fun 14 hours of driving round trip oh yeah dude Ooh. like mm-hmm. what Wait. time did you leave on friday or whatever 6 a.m Oh shit! Wow. Wait, yeah. only fourteen hours? Mm-hmm. Wait, down to L.A. and back? Mm-hmm. Holy crap! You were hauling, weren't you? Uh, yeah, and I had yeah, I was having, a bike. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Um, <laughs> it's a good looking bike. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you yeah. very well much. Done. Yeah. The gold wheels really complete it. The gold wheels well, pop. Yeah. yeah. You know, as we're looking at the colors, the red, white, and blue with gold <clears throat> wheels, you know what my other favorite Honda motorcycle is? CX500 Turbo. CX500 Turbo. And if you look at the colors of that bike, pull mm. that, that model out. So I got one of these um, uh, Tamiya yeah. models. Yeah. And <laughs> doesn't that look <laughs> familiar to everyone? What is this like? Yeah. Yikes. That, that's like one to one scale. Oh, <laughs> I know. It's it's a large, large scale model. This is a dope model. So yeah. I realize this this is I've loved this bike for decades and mm -hmm. it's got the similar colors and there's the gold forks and the gold mm -hmm. wheels. Right. And um yeah, yeah, I just love but those. You know, the spoke to gold looks good. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting seeing the two bikes together because Jim's is a great looking bike, as is yours, but they look completely different animals. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. You know, all in the black with the layered black and the bronze accents compared with just the, this vibrant red, white, and blue and gold. They look they're completely different looking bikes, but they're both handsome in their own way. Well, and the thing that the the thing I really was excited about was to try the DCT. Isn't now, it, isn't it great? A couple of you got to try it out. Did it, anyone here in the room try it out? Yeah, yeah, Scott, yeah. yeah. Um, it's 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 bizarre. You know, it'll. A it, bit. I just rode it around a little bit. I think once you like hop on it and do like two or three hundred miles, you'll yeah. really get a feel yeah. for it. You know, it definitely has different shifting characteristics depending on how you how hard you roll on the throttle and things like that. But it was really easy to get used to, and like out of the box comfort wise. Yeah, I thought it set up great. Do you remember what I told you, Liza, before you bought it? I said there's like a little man in there who's shifting gear exactly when you want him to. A little magical Honda man. It is a little magical Honda man who may look quite similar to Henry in, in miniature form. And he just shifts gears when you want him to. You know what's crazy it's about magic. the thing? I took it like down to the parking lot and I was trying to do slow speed maneuvers and like... It's it's awesome, like at right. low res, it's not as clunky as I thought it was going to be. It picks up where you want it to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was in Tennessee, same thing, the low speed stuff like that. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's it's like whoa, like it's like a, it's like basically a giant scooter, but it's it's yeah. It it's impossible to sell that bike. Yeah. So the re the the thing I was really interested in is um, the the BMW has really um, forged the path for really the the high end, all the bells and whistles. Um, and I feel now that there's other bikes like the Super 10 that mm -hmm. Charlie got, um, the Africa Twin, where you have the traction control and you got all these things. And, and the DCT is just a whole nother level of uh, bells and whistles. Um, I actually see it as technology. We've talked about right. going from standard to ABS brakes, going from carburetor to fuel injection. And I think this may be the next step especially once you get the book and figure out what all the buttons do <laughs> yeah. hey did you ever sort out the uh, the upshift downshift manual thing well uh so On manual mode so let me describe how it works yeah um you put it into drive and it's much like a automatic car right. where it will select the gears unlike a car you actually feel it changing gears so even if you like take off down the street and throttle pretty hard. You don't have to let off the throttle. You just feel it, right? It's changing gears. It's very quick. Yeah, but it's not juddery. Like it just—it's very no, smooth. No, it's smooth. Yeah. Um, 
and it will choose the gears for you and then you have different settings within that you can put it into for um, your engine braking for your power to the wheel um, and for your traction control um, you can do manual override so it's got paddle shifters on the left hand that even if you're in uh, automatic you can downshift if you're like coming into a turn hot or something you can downshift quickly um, and then you know, or if you want to just drop down to really accelerate to pass a car you can do that and then it will once once you're not on the throttle hard it will take over and go back to the gear it wants to be in or you can just kick it over to manual and it'll stay in whatever gear you're telling it to be in no matter how you're ringing it out the thing I found interesting with that is that when I was in drive uh, this the automatic mode it never hit the power band it's more about being um, the most efficient. Mm-hmm. Mm. And when you put it in a manual, <clears throat> suddenly you get oh, up there, and it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> there is some some stuff up there. Like, that was kind of fun. I really feel, I didn't try, but I really feel if you you know drop down a second, I think you could just wheelie that without a clutch. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, it, no, it pulls. You try to knock it. I did. It pulls good. It pulls pretty good. Uh, and you know the thing I found today? I, I found the, the sport mode. I was just doing it in regular drive mode. Uh, then okay. I discovered sport mode. I'm like, what? So does that like, make the throttle more responsive? We call that, that awesome I don't mode. know. There's yeah. so many buttons. Well, I was, I was riding it and pushing <laughs> buttons, too, and I'm going between sport and drive, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then I realized there's different levels of sport. It yeah. has bars. I'm like, I know. ew. So anyway, cool. <laughs> Can't you cool. just set it on awesome and go? Like, I mean, <laughs> you know um, what sport is. <laughs> the only difference I thought I felt when I put it in a sport, I felt like it was engine braking faster. There's more of it or more early? More, yeah. Well, earlier. earlier when, so if you get up to speed, like just going down the street, 35, it mm-hmm. might go up to six gear if you're just cruising. Oh, interesting. Even when you're doing 35. Now, say you want to like, pass a car or something there's nothing there because you're in six gear so that was right. one of the first things that kind of weirded me out is I, as i started rolling out of the garage and going up the road i wasn't <laughs> i didn't get on it real fast uh-huh. and i was rolling on it slowly and you could feel it shifting at those real low shift points uh-huh. yeah like i feel like I was like yeah going 35 uh-huh. miles an hour i could have been in fourth gear it felt like but then when i rolled on it quickly it just it jumped right on it it was good it, it will get there but there's a little <clears throat> a little delay on it but um the advantages that I'm finding in all the reports is that <clears throat> for the non-professional um, or, or very experienced uh, adventure rider, <clears throat> in the dirt, it's forgiving. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you can't stall. And that's I great. Mean, like, there's nothing worse than like a steep, loose downhill where you're you're braking with everything, mm-hmm. including the engine. And then, like, here come these big ruts, and then your engine stalls, and all you got is right. Yeah. <clears throat> and it, it'll do the thinking for you. Um, another thing I found some great reviews <clears throat> if you're riding in, say, sand, where normally you're having to really do the throttle and clutch and try and steer with your feet and do all these things, you take half of that away. Now you can just worry about. You just on the throttle and steering with your feet. I noticed that as soon as I rode down the street, there's so much less to worry about. Just pulling all the house, yeah. dip pulling out of the driveway, and you got to look and all that. It was like all of that was so much easier without a clutch. Hmm. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. I'm going to be, I mean, really figuring out, trying it for a while, <clears throat> letting other people try it. But um, I'm excited, and I think it's pretty cool that this is kind of, I think, the next step. 
We'll see. I mean, next step in aging. That's <laughs> <laughs> what adventure bikes are. Except, where's Charlie? I'm like, Charlie, you should be getting a motorcross bike. What do you get an adventure bike for? So, like, could you see? Could you guys see DCT on a Indian, maybe a cruiser? Yeah. No, I think it's. It, People were having the same conversation in the automobile industry, you know, way back in the <clears throat> 40s as the automatic cars came in. Oh, yeah. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah, look how many young people don't know how to drive a stick. <clears throat> right, exactly. Um, <laughs> New Lord. It's, well, and, it's, and, it's still a hurdle to overcome operating a clutch for a lot of people. Need, but we also yeah. need to recognize that the advancements in the automatic transmission <laughs> in the automotive world have been phenomenal. And in mm-hmm. fact, yeah. a high-quality automatic transmission these days is shifting as fast or faster, oh, yeah. realistically, oh, yeah. than, it, than, it's, than a human counterpart would. So yeah. arguably, the perform, from a performance right. aspect... Uh, we could reasonably expect to start seeing sports bikes with with DCT sure. type stuff on it because yeah. Yeah. mechanically it would be faster. Um, I mean, yeah, the closest thing we got to that are uh, the, the uh, uh, auto blop, auto blippers and the uh, the quick shift. Yeah, right? yeah, that's just like one step down from. But a you know what? Gearbox that from. would be an interesting comparison if you take, say, Jim's Africa Twin and yours. <coughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> I would argue you could ride yours as quickly as the manual. Oh, for sure. So there are a lot of comparisons on YouTube, and I've watched a lot of them, and it's pretty cool. Um, A lot of people, even though the DCT, um, even though it may have performed better, there were a couple things. First of all, a lot of people didn't like that there's a slight delay at first acceleration. So you don't have that immediate pop that you can do with a a manual bike. Um, And also, they just aren't used to it. And a lot, and I've heard people say right. that it takes a while to get used yeah. to it. <clears throat> so there are a lot of comparisons out there, pros and cons. Um, they said in the dirt, you actually were a little bit quicker on manual, but um, but you know, I think for, the for an experienced that, rider, for the riding that we're going to be doing, mm-hmm. I think it'd be great. It's oh. not like we're charging up hill climbs, and we're not doing right. you know, dirt bike riding. Yeah. This is like like chill fire roads. Not even real, you know what I mean? Or maybe some hard packed desert yeah. rocks. You know, if we if we choose to go that way. So I think for the riding. The application you got it for, oh, yeah. I think it's dynamite. One also because ergonomically, you know, you're you're. I still think you should try throwing a rear brake on the handlebar. All right. So you, right, because ergonomically that bike works so much better for you. Isn't there a, like a lockout on the left handlebar? Is that a, is that a rear is brake? It, yeah, it's that? a it's parking, parking brake. brake. Parking brake. How does yeah. it work? Does it activate the rear brake or the front brake? Yeah, it's a it's a cable. Uh, yeah, so a you kind of sort of have a rear <clears throat> brake then, huh? If you remove the locking device, maybe I don't know. Uh, maybe that is interesting. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, because it is cable operated, yeah. and so it's probably connected. Well, I think the other advantage too is that you're less likely to fry your clutch in the dirt. Yeah, so that right. Well, and apparently I've got two of them. Oh god. Dual clutch transmission. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> the thing that I really like though is there are alternatives. Not to put down the you know the BMW and the GS, but for the amount of money that everyone is spending on their bikes. <clears throat> Yeah, buying used bikes, but slightly used. Um, you can't you can't get any a, a GS for that at all. Oh yeah. <clears throat> um, to get a GS for ten grand, it's either high mileage or it's fifteen years old. Yeah, well, that's what yeah. Charlie was facing. <clears throat> exactly. So he got the um, the Super Ten, which I was surprised to see had traction control. Mm-hmm. And that bike is, what, five, six years old? Yeah, and I mean, the Super 10's been around 
in its current form since 2010. That long? Yeah, oh, wow. oh yeah, it's been around forever. Um, but they keep on updating it. So the kind of difference between the Super <clears throat> 10 and the Africa Twin, the Africa Twin's a substantially more modern bike. Yeah. Um, and lighter. A lot lighter. I think the Super 10 actually does make more power. It's a bigger engine yeah. for a start. It's a 1200, right? But yeah, but it's it's bigger and heavier, and of course it's got the shaft drive. Sure. Um, they're different animals. They're very, very different animals. You like the 10, though. I know you always I love spoke so highly of it. I love the 10s. Which I surprises really me because I found out today that your beloved Moto Guzzi has an adventure bag. Yes. In it- fact, Someone in the room got one. Henry! Who would that be? You got a new bike. I did. But tell us about it. I yeah, got what's the story, man? What what sure. uh we'll put the hair up your ass. <laughs> I got a I recently acquired a 2013 Moto Guzzi Stelvio NTX. Nice. I keep talking, tell us more. It's an adventure bike. It is an adventure bike. I've had it, it doesn't look, I mean, it doesn't look like an adventure bike, but all the things are there. It looks more like a touring bike. Mm-hmm. I mean, my prime, I've had adventure bikes in the past. I had a original Honda Transalp, mm-hmm. and I had a Suzuki V-Strom. Wait, you had or had? You had a Transalp? Had? I had a, had a Transalp. What happened, what happened to, to it? it? I sold it. <gasps> what? Why didn't you sell it to me? How much did you sell it for? <laughs> like... Two, a little oh, bit over two. Oh man! Nice, dude. Well, well I wonder if sold it to you because of the CDI issues with it. Oh, okay, thank you. But <laughs> anyway, I bought the I bought a Moto Guzzi Stelvio since my my own Moto Guzzi has been my V11 Le Mans has been down for a while due to my own fuckery. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get something sort of more modern, <laughs> more reliable, and I use my ST1300 as my daily commuter. But I've put about. 30,000 miles on it at this point I feel it's kind of time to sort of break it down and do a lot of servicing to it mm-hmm. and just wanted to have something that would sort of fit into the commuting aspect and also something a little bit different while still giving me my uh, Gucci fix as well nice. so uh, would you so are you going to take it off road I'll I'll take it off road a little bit I mean I took the Transalp off of uh, fire trails and yeah it was able to do it as long as it kept on the throttle and you didn't get in, into any deep ruts, but having to turn that thing around or pick it up was not fun. And the Transalp has, is about 200 pounds lighter than the NTX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have to uh, you know, say I'm a bit intimidated to take a big bike <clears throat> into the dirt as well. Um, but, you know, Jim and I are looking at taking a, an actual adventure bike class. Um, we found one uh, called Black Swan. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, Black Swan Moto. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Raymond, you're familiar with them, yeah? Well, I've heard of them. They're you know up in Sacramento. Uh, they can do they do classes either in Prairie City, which is outside of Folsom, <clears throat> or they do them down south also as well. In fact, you're <coughs> going to be taking a class soon, aren't you? I probably will be taking one the same time you guys will. Yeah. So we're looking at taking uh, their beginner intro to adventure and then um the advanced one you're getting more into really moving the wheel around sand and that kind of stuff yeah more sliding the rear wheel lofting the front end are you looking forward to that uh with trepidation (laughs) (laughs) henry you should consider uh joining us 
in the class. Um, what we've learned is give yourself all the tools you can. And sure. uh, riding with a big bike in dirt and learning how to, the riding technique, standing up, steering with your feet, it's all completely different from what we're used to. You know, Charlie and I were talking about uh, uh, mods to do and things to put on the bike, and, and we're looking at, at mine and seeing like what else to do. And I'm like, at this point, I need to stop spending money on the bike. And I'm like, I just need to start investing in training. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. it's like training and, and crash protection. The more you have, the less you have of one, the more you need of the other. Yeah, right. So I think I think training's the place. Is just like yeah. anything else, you know, invest it there. It, the, the one thing I would say though is uh, large foot pegs. I make a huge yeah. difference off road. So I don't know. I I still haven't not grasped the steering with your feet. It's like steer with your feet, listen with your elbows, and breathe through your asshole. It's like I'm, I'm not. I haven't quite gotten. You know, it. some people speak through their assholes. <laughs> Some people in this room. Exactly. <laughs> Usually off road, I'm keekling half the time anyway. <laughs> you ever Make see a diamond fire? <laughs> so, um, yeah, congratulations on your new bike. It is Thank you. beautiful. It's a good looking one, too. Yeah. Yeah. How, how is it going to be to get parts for that? Uh, well... AF1 baby. Not to, not to surprise you. There's actually there's actually a lot of like uh, Moto Guzzi sellers online. So because I work on my own bikes, it's not a big deal. So like is I that motored specifically for that bike, or is it like off a different model that uh, kind of cross compatible? It's shared a bu- It's shared between the Stelvio, the Gritso, oh. and the Norge. Okay. It's the four valve motor, and I got lucky because this is a roller tappet mm-hmm. model, mm-hmm. not a flat tappet. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, yes, yeah. it is. I remember right. hearing about that. So, Emma, can you give your tip, of, if anyone is looking at these bikes with the four valve, what to look for, what um, to avoid? No, I mean, the, the four valve engines are very bulletproof if they have the roller tappet. The flat tappet ones, the, the big problem is there's no real indications that even if it is a flat tappet one, it's going to grenade. Some of them have gone on to 50,000 miles without a problem. Some of them have quite happily destroyed themselves. <laughs> so is this like a, a more like a, a manufacturing issue? Yes, yes. and there, there, was a, there was actually a soft ah, recall on it. Got it. But okay. the problem is with manufacturer recalls, if they're not driven by NHTSA, if they're not driven by the, the Highway and Traffic Safety Institute, mm-hmm. you know, they're kind of lazy about implementing them. Yeah. And... Guzzi did kind of a soft recoil on it, but your only recourse now with a four-valve engine is, by all means, buy a flat-tappet one, but budget for the fact that the kit, which is a cam, the tappets, the gaskets, etc., etc., are... (coughs) I think AF1 want two grand, or is no Harpers want two grand. I think AF1 want a little bit less. Hmm. Um, MG spares might want a little less, but nevertheless, it's not a cheap kit, and it's cam out, which means you're going to pull the engine. Mm-hmm. Um, oh really? Oh, wow. the cams at this fucking yeah. Center of the thing. That's right. You know, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. But you can get yourself a bargain if it's a flat tappet <laughs> engine. You know, unless you budget, I'd never take the risk. Because if they do grenade, it sends sh- shrapnel throughout the engine, and yeah. then you're done. So you've really got to do it. 
Um, and nobody's got the magic bullet that this series were great, this series weren't great. So nobody really knows which are the good ones. The only thing you have is a is a chassis number and an engine number when they switched over to the roller tappet engines. Got it. Right, yeah. Henry? Yep. <laughs> and um, if you if it's beyond a certain number and research the number online, make sure you're in that. And if if you're looking at a roller tappet engine you're fine you're good to go um there's bargains to be had in flat tappet engines there's bargains to be had in roller tappet engines the one thing i wouldn't want you to do buy a flat tappet engine cheap and just say oh screw it i'm gonna run it so yeah what actually breaks is it the actual it's, tappet uh, itself or the 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 rocker the or? flat tappets have a dlc coating uh, on it. them and for this one the dlc coating was shitty on some or most of them okay. and it would flake and then the flakes would get all in and, the engine uh, and once uh, they go yeah, into yeah, the oil flaky. pump you're done yeah, yeah. because the engine's gone mm-hmm. and the, believe me they'd go everywhere mm-hmm. um funnily enough jag had a very similar problem with uh nicosil liners on the very very mm. early series Ooh. v8s and it was exacerbated in america because of our blender fuel mm. the combustion temperatures were so much higher wow and and the nicosil would flake right at the top of the uh, <coughs> cylinders mm. um and the next thing you know all the nicosil would have gone throughout the engine just uh. destroyed the engine <laughs> so um yeah it's it you know, these high-tech coatings they put on is a common problem. And in a lot of cases, in Guzzi's case, it's a shame. It's a, Guzzi is still quite a small motorcycle manufacturer, and they subcontract these things out to other people. And some engineer <coughs> or some nameless engineering company completely dropped the ball on them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it might even have just been a particular series, but we don't know which they are, so... Flat tap it, four valve engines. Yeah, it'd be a hard sell for me unless it was priced super cheap, and I had a spare month going. Yeah, <laughs> you know, which is a shame because once it's rollerized, it's a hundred thousand mile engine easily. Yeah, and it it's <coughs> so much more powerful than the traditional two valve. Oh, that, oh God, they're wonderful. Mm-hmm. But I am going to throw Henry under the bus right now because That's what fair. happened is um, I was with Henry when we went to look at this bike on Monday. And Monday's my day off, so Henry called me up and said, oh, I found this very nice bike. Where'd you guys get it? Where'd you go? Oh, it's in Santa Cruz. Oh, shit, local boy. Yeah, yep. local guy. Very cool. nice guy. Really nice, really nice, mellow older guy. Thank God. What was his name? Dave? Was his name Dave? I don't know what his name was. He had a beard. <laughs> Could be Dave. He was extremely well grown. Yeah. Steve. Did he work Dave's at the boardwalk? Dave's not here. Yeah, Dave's not here, I don't man. think he works at the boardwalk. <laughs> anyway, Alan, sorry, it was go ahead. Alan. Dave was a beard with him. Alan, Alan, Alan. Alan. So. Sorry. <laughs> um, we drive over in Henry's pickup truck because the El Camino drinks too much fuel. So we drive over. Now, if we're driving over, I say, look, Henry, do you really want this bike? Yeah you know maybe i really want this bike i said well you know flat tap it roll the tap and he says yes oh yeah i've got the numbers here i've got the chassis numbers here and i was like okay very good so um we go and look at the bike and i'm like oh this is a nice bike henry what are those numbers and he gives me the numbers and i'm like oh sorry mate this is an earlier bike it's a flat tap it engine 
and I said to the I said to the owner, I said, "Look, this is a really really nice bike, but I'm desperately sorry, it's a flat tappet engine, mm-hmm. and Henry's already got one goosey apart right now." We're not trying to grind you down. I'm just, I can't recommend him buying this bike mm-hmm. because it's a flat tappet engine and blah, 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 blah. And I'm going on like a complete idiot. So and this it, guy knows, right? About yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Oh, he totally, knew. Yeah. And so we parted as friends and off we go. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of hours later, Henry calls me up and he goes, um, Emma, I messed up. <laughs> and I go, oh, no. why Fuck was that, Henry? He says, I gave you the wrong numbers. That was a roller tappet engine. Mm. I'm going, oh, Henry, you log. The number, the numbers I was looking at, I thought it was for it was. I thought it was the VIN number, not the engine number. Oh, they're separate, huh? Yep. Yes. Oh, yep. Interesting. Yeah, Goose have never had matching engine and and oh, frame that's... numbers. Never. Weird. Um, so, oh God, Henry, you <laughs> log. So I suggested to me call the guy back and just apologize and apologize on my behalf, which he never did. Mm. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you, you can give an apology right now. I'm yeah, Dave. I would like to <laughs> Dave. Fucked up, man. Dave, um, or, or or Steve, or, or, or Alan, 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 Alan. 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 Um, <laughs> I am very, very sorry. Um, it's, it was the information I was given by Henry, um, <laughs> and I stand by it. I mean, unless you've got the time to kill and the money, a flat tap it four valve Goosey engine is a bad bet. Um, but I'm I am really, really sorry, and I know you probably sweated bullets for about. Four or five days until Henry came back <laughs> with the money and actually bought your bike and brought it home. When did you get it? Friday. I got it Friday. Yeah. Well, okay. But yeah, I was I was very upset about that. I don't like upsetting people, but um, he would no. He was a really nice guy, and yeah, you got yourself a nice bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a good guy too. We talked for a little. We talked actually quite a bit just about like bikes and. <laughs> what can that mean? Italian what Spider-Man? What can that mean? <laughs> I'll tell you what that means. It's time to give away some free shit. Oh! Oh! Is that a nice way to shut up, Emma? <laughs> Thank- but, but last about Henry's bike, Perfect. it has super low miles, doesn't it? Like 6,000 miles? 6,000 miles. That's, and for how much did you That's get That's its first service. Six, Thank actually. you, Jim. Yeah, 6,500 miles, 5,500 bucks. Yep, those are the highlights. Good score. Okay, back wow. to you. Back to <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, stop. Oh, that was a train horn. All right. So, hey, guys, Christmas is coming up. Let's give away some shit, man. Christmas yeah. is coming. I've got Are you giving away that Sturgis fun. magazine? I've got a backpack of really cool stuff here, a lot of swag. There's all sorts of T-shirts and things, Does that all sorts of things. Peek into that thing or what? You can peek into it if you want. Um, we're going to pick a winner from our Patreon subscribers. Ooh, we're doing the bag, not that box. The, everything in it. Everything oh, in it. It's got a Ooh, lot. That's a Honda bag. You don't have to list everything. Just, it's a Honda backpack that's to begin with, backpack. and then it's so, got a cycling backpack. Oh, that would look really good with my bike. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> Emma. Yes, darling. Can you pick a number between one and one ninety four, including one and one ninety four? One hundred and twenty three. One hundred and twenty three. One hundred and twenty three. Let me see. One two three. One hundred twenty three. Let's see who is number one twenty three. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, what's in this bag, Knock? You got a lot. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, t-shirts, cargo net, stuff uh, and junk, pressure gauge, uh, brake bleeding kit. Oh, 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 oh that's awesome. 
Yes. And a uh, battery charger slash maintainer. Oh, yeah, the Oxford yeah. battery. Yeah. 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 It's one of the smart chargers. Yep, yep. Wow. And, Tons uh, of stuff in there. Oh, is that one of those little shit? Oxford ones we got? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's one of those USB outlets for your bike. Oh, that's uh, a score. And our, no, our winner... 25 bucks for a... Uh, 25, uh, Twister Road, $25 off. Yeah. Our winner is Doug Shermer. Yeah, hey, Doug. Doug Shermer, congratulations. He, he got his Patreon back and then some. So, you know what? And I want to just... Uh, you know, on our last show, we asked for shop shout-outs. Um, we have some, so I wanted to read some of these. Oh, Let's get fantastic. Some shop shout outs. Bagel, can you read this one? All right. Emma, I'll give you this that one. This is a uh, local shop shout out from John Wagner in Calamesa, California. Hey, John. Uh, John hey. says, Good morning, Misfits. I wanted to shout out our local shop here in Calamesa, California. B&B Cycles Works. Mm-hmm. Justin and his crew can service and repair any motorcycle or power sports vehicle. I've used them for insurance work when my 2016 Kawasaki Versus was involved in a minor accident. And their website is bbccycleworks.com. All right. Nice. Thanks, John. All right, Emma, what do you got there? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Flattery not included. <laughs> and this is from uh, Keith in Kansas City. Hey, Keith. Um, I know it's hard to believe, but Cleveland Moto isn't oh, just a bunch of drums with a microphone. Actually, Keith, it is. <laughs> um, it's cold in Cleveland. Um, two years ago, I was riding cross-country back from Americade on my 2003 Honda Moldwing. My electrical started failing, and it was clear that my battery wasn't charging. Two hours after buying a battery from Walmart, it was obvious my problem was elsewhere. Mm. Um, just then I realized I had a nearly flat tire must have picked up a screw in the janky Walmart parking lot. Mm. Being 30 miles outside Cleveland, I started calling Honda shops to see if anybody had a voltage regulator in stock. Yes, good luck with that, darling. Every shop I called said the same thing. Your bike's too old. We don't stock any parts for it. They wouldn't even let me bring it in. One of the shops said to call, call Cleveland Moto. <laughs> they work on old stuff. <laughs> yes. I explained my situation to Philippe, and he offered to drop everything and pick the bike up at my location. That's cool. Suspecting wow. that this dealership was trying to pad their bill, I told him I would trust the, the tire plug and see them in 45 minutes. 15 minutes later, I was on the side of the road. My, cl- my plug clearly wasn't holding, and it was about 100 degrees out. I'd use my last mm. air cartridge and roadside support that would be there in three hours. Well, that's pretty typical. It's oh. obvious they got to get like a wagon. It was already six o'clock. I called back Cleveland Motor. 30 minutes later, Phil showed up with a trailer, water, and snacks. By the time we got back to the shop, they had the rear tire I needed and the voltage regulator standing by. I spent about an hour looking around the shop at all the cool bikes and scooters, and all of a sudden the wrench came in asking for the keys so he could take a test ride. The work was done! Exclamation point. They only charged me 45 bucks to man and balance the tyre, 90 bucks to install the voltage regulator and repair two other wiring problems that were my fault. They topped off all my fluids and pointed out that my front brakes were down to about 25%. The Dunlop tire was 30 bucks off, and I was back on the road for less than I would have expected to pay just for the tow, mm, which, yes. by the way, was free. I wow. live 900 miles away. I still recommend them to everyone. 
while I was there I found out about the Misfits podcast and I've been laughing ever since mm. <laughs> keep nice. up the great work by the way and uh, fuck knock yeah. <laughs> that's from Keith in Kansas City awesome. and you know you, what City, Keith let me tell you something about Phil um, he's the real deal and um, Phil loves motorbikes as much as I do and Phil has a very similar relationship with motorcycles that I do and um, he's an extremely solid cat looking yep. forward to hanging out with him in uh, July if not sooner if not sooner yes yes knock what do you got you got one there yeah I got one called uh, shop which has another shot another shop shout out here from Justin Pruitt uh, hi misfits on the latest uh, latest episode you asked for shout outs the local shops and he wanted to shout out Pinnacle Motorsports in Bessemer, Alabama. Oh. You got yeah. to talk in an Alabama accent. Come on. Bessemer, now. Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> when I was Real looking time. for a new bike, the sales department was great. It helped me find the bike that I wanted and made sure it would fit me and my needs. <laughs> your needs? What's that your What do you need? Oh the service department was also great. One Thursday... I was riding to work and went through some rain. It's painfully clear that nobody here has ever been to Alabama. Clearly. This is my my best, like, stereotypical Southern accent. No, carry on, knock. You're doing an absolutely splendid job, darling. I noticed my bike was slipping a little. When I got to work, I checked my tires and noticed the rear tire was getting bald. Called them. They ordered it for next day delivery. I went on Saturday to give them my keys and walk straight down to the showroom. They had me in and out about four to five minutes. Last year, I was looking at buying a new helmet. I found one, like the internet, and went, liked it on the internet, and went to Pinnacle to see if they had it, and they said they could have it in a couple of days. They said they couldn't match the online price, but they gave me a 25% discount and gave me a shop have to go with it. He sounds like someone from the cooking channel. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> Just put more butter in there. Let's make some biscuits. Put a little bit more butter in there, yeah. Are you going to give us a nice. recipe for marzipan? <laughs> nice. Uh, I've never had a bad experience there, except the day I was looking to trade my Z900 for a Z1000, and they sold it the day before I went in. Not oh, fault, though. Oh, uh, I was a day bastards. late. Yeah, uh, But the sales manager came up to me that day and asked if, if I made it to the grand opening of their new shop, which I didn't because I had to work. Uh, but he gave me some free giveaway items they had left over. So, uh, yeah, great nice. place to do business with, apparently. And uh, bye, Justin. Here, Justin. Awesome. P- and very cool. P.S. Fuck Knock. <laughs> <laughs> Say that in an accent. Fuck P.S. Fuck Knock. <laughs> um, I have one more here. This is from Carl Ray. says, hey, Misfits, my local guy is Lior of Lior's Motor Ride in Corona, California. Oh, That's L-I-O-R. He specializes in BMW and KTM. He is also a dealer of electric bikes, and he's a hardcore rider and a really knowledgeable and honest mechanic. So if you're down in uh, Corona, California, look, check out Lior's Motor Ride. Cool. Thank you for those shout outs. Um... I think the next thing would be... What? What? What, does, what does it mean? Is it have oh. a cake? What? More? What does that mean? No. What, what? does it mean? I'm feeling generous. Oh. It's Christmas. I got another box of shit in here, man. Oh, wow. That looks like a donut box. I know. <laughs> um, 
more things. We got oh some uh, chain lube and the chain tool. Bring it out over here. Um, we got another one of those uh, Oxford battery maximizers, hats, t-shirts, um, all sorts of good stuff in there. So I think we're gonna draw one more winner, uh, Jim. Yes, um. Between us, between zero and one ninety five. Sixty nine. Okay. Knock like 68. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> it's just 69 with two fingers up your ass. All right. So. Oh, <laughs> have mercy. And again, thank you to our Patreon supporters. And this is how we're supporting you back. So we got a couple guys getting some awesome gift bags coming your you way. you to mail those things. I know. And our winner for this one is Nate Kavanaugh. Mr. Nate, Kavanaugh. Nate, congratulations. Nate Dog Kavanaugh. I know. Good job. Um, Way to win. I know. <laughs> yeah, they so, paid for a couple, like a few years of Patreon. I wanted to talk about this real quick. We're yeah, passing around that? a thing and playing with it. Some people in the room know what it is. Some people don't. This is the Break Free Light. Nice yes, packaging they came up finally. with. Finally. Finally. I like so, the packaging. Just a reminder. So, Alex. It's um, cool. I, he came to the garage years ago. We can pass this around. Yeah. He came. To the, I remember he came to the garage years ago, and he had this idea, and he said, yeah, I want to make this thing. It's a light for the back of your helmet uh, that will have a brake light. Uh, oh, yeah, Raymond, your dog is chewing on a wrapper, if you're okay That's with that. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> and he had, like, a little, like, balsa wood thing with, like, rubber bands to hold it on your helmet. It was just a little model. And I'm like, yeah, sounds cool. Sure. And then I remember he came back uh, a little while later, and he's like, so I'm doing it. I'm starting this company. Wait, am I allowed to open this gotta, up, or is this like... Well, <clears throat> go ahead. Okay. Um, you know, he said, I'm starting a Kickstarter, starting the company. We had him in. We talked about Break Free. And then he's come in again when they were getting closer. Mm-hmm. This has taken years. Yeah. Um, it's really been fascinating to watch the progression of coming out with a product, which doesn't seem that complicated it's not like it's like a whole motorcycle or something so for those who don't know it is a light about the size of goggles yeah really like ski goggles right yeah Yeah. um that attaches to the back of your helmet and it does not need to sync to your bike it has a is it velocity accelerometer accelerometer yeah um so that when you are decelerating it flashes yep seems simple right it was funny because last time we had it here we like we were like monkeys trying to turn Mm -hmm. it on all of a sudden it flashed and we're all like whoa (laughs) fire So I got a couple beta units. It's not available yet for any of our um, uh, listeners who went and and supported them and have one coming. This is a beta unit that um, they've sent out to a bunch of people to try out. And I already have some feedback. Just the power switch alone is a little bit hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But it uh, attaches to the helmet pretty easily. There's a plate that goes on to the back, and then you can snap it into place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It is definitely bright. And what I like, too... has different mode settings. I didn't remember it having mode settings. So you can have it where it's almost all the lights are off until you're decelerating and then it turns on. Or you can have it bright so you have another light and then it'll flash. So there's different settings for it. I'm going to say the same thing about this that I said about the Africa Twin. Just set it on awesome. Let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I just need a turn signal. 
so we have mm-hmm. I this one that uh, you guys are playing with. That's from my helmet, and I have an extra here. So someone in the room is going home with that tonight. <laughs> what? Do it, lady. So do that thing. I'm looking for a volunteer. Oh, never mind. Who will wear it? And it's since it's a beta testing unit, you need to be able to give feedback to the company. They also want photos and videos. Somebody who commutes daily. Seventeen and back every day. Wow. Hmm. That, that's way better than my commute. My, my commute's yeah. good, but it's like thirty miles, but. Not on 17. That, yeah, yo, uh, it gets like hectic something. after a while. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. No, you need to be seen on 17. Get, put, that, right. put it on that man's helmet. <laughs> you want to try it out? Yeah, try it out. Cool. All right, Isaiah. Just off, just off looking at I, that, I would definitely say like if later on like a newer model they make. Go ahead and talk into the mic. Add mm-hmm. like a turn signal feature where so obviously it senses the motion of your helmet. Maybe add a feature later on, once, well, you know. Turn signal. Where they turn their head, it senses which direction you're turning. Well, that's you to, too yeah. Un, uh, uh, undependable. Yeah, too much. Uh, you have to uh, be hooked up to the bikes on turn signals. Right, uh, and there are units sense. that do this, but they have a sending unit in the bike. They have to wire into the bike, and then yeah. their receiver unit. The thing that's nice about this is that it is yeah self-contained you do not have to get into the bikes wiring at all in fact i was just mm-hmm. running around in the in the parking lot and then stopping so and it worked it, it, it hooks onto a clip the clip sticks onto the back of the helmet uh is it easy to get on and off of the helmet for charging yes you just have to use force to push it up to pop it off of the clip okay yeah because i mean like like, I'm an idiot, and I forget to charge things all um, the time, and I would hate to have my... <laughs> and you can even leave it and, on the helmet to charge the it, too. Batteries take okay. ha- last about eight hours. Uh, Liza, the clip that goes on your helmet, how does that attach? It has a Sticky. double-sided tape. It, I mean... It, it's the super strong 3M. Yeah. Super, I mean, would you say that the clip is probably sacrificial, um, or is it going to well, be... Well, just like a camera mount. I mean, you put everyone like puts their GoPros GoPro, right, on. Yeah. Right. It's using the same kind of adhesive. Right. So you'd be able, I mean, if, if your helmet is due for an upgrade, do you think you'll be able to get the clip off easy enough? And oh, I think yeah. you just get a new clip. I think, yeah. Well, that's you why could, I say it's I mean, try and get a GoPro. You know, right. We all have GoPro mounts on our helmets. Yeah, yeah. And, right. and they do They do sell uh, extra clips, so if you want to put it on more than one helmet, you can do that. Yeah, there you but go. But you can also cut through the, the foam and just put new tape on and stick it on a new helmet if as well. If you want to get the VHB off, you take like a piece of fishing line or something, monofilament, exactly. and just run it between the helmet and the mount. Yep. Yeah, cut the foam. Yeah, and then yeah. just put new tape on it on a new helmet, and you're good to go. Yeah, so Isaiah, just make sure I have your contact info so I can make sure you're you're in the loop and can give them feedback. Yeah, definitely. Um, But the whole point here is improved visibility. And you know, I'm a big proponent of that. And this is just yet another way. I just like having an extra light on your helmet just riding at night. I mean, some of us uh, in the room barely have a working light at all knock yeah. I'm, what are you talking about my shit is bright as fuck dude I was riding with you yesterday oh, on the, uh, on the uh, XR and it, your yeah your rear taillight was going off and on this is true yeah that's I know right. huh. that's my that's my goon bike uh, anyways but yeah as far as visibility goes I've had the habit of attaching actually a bicycle light to my backpack and uh, it's one of those ones that you just you push on and it just turns on and you have different modes but I mean, like it's been getting kind of low visibility around these days since the, since the weather. That's way better than know. nothing. Yeah, yeah. and so it's yeah. just an extra. <laughs> extra it costs thing. like twelve bucks, right? Ten, twelve bucks. Oh, yeah, this thing was like five bucks. Yeah. It came as a two part kit or something. But like, it's attached to my backpack, so I'm moving, and mm-hmm. the light moves with me. So, yeah, yeah. 
So I think they're taking orders. It was uh, break free tech. I'm just double checking. Yeah, what's yeah, the what's break, the cost on this going to be when it hits market? Com. And let's see what they're. So you go to break free text t e c h dot com, and you can find more about these lights. And it's nice see, and streamlined. I like that. Orders? Yeah, it's not too thick. I think it looks I, like it works I, with the helmet real well. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're taking <coughs> orders on the website yet. I think you. I might think it still, came from Indiegogo. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's still through Indiegogo right now. Mm-hmm. Um, do, also, do we have a price point? Um. Yeah. So through Indiegogo. Um, you're looking at about 134. Those are like the different tiers, there, right? Um, 144 dollars. Wow, that's yeah. not cheap. <laughs> no, but, but well, this is, but this is a quality product. It was cheaper for the people who got in around. Yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, and also, I do want to make a note that there are already scammers out there who are trying to rip off people using pictures of the break free light, saying that they're selling the break free light for fifty bucks or something uh, on, you know, some fly by night website. Yeah. So if you see an ad for that on, you know, some social media site or somebody sends you a thing, post something somewhere, don't buy it because there is there this light is not available anywhere else yet, but through the uh, the campaign. I. Seen a lot of copycats. And, and don't buy yeah, the one on AliExpress or Banggood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's, it's not that. the same. I there's tried a, it. It was twelve dollars. Yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of similar looking products on Amazon too, so watch out for that. Yeah, this is yeah. a break free B R A K E break. Yeah, break free. It's a real deal. It is very very bright. Yeah. That's and it's bright. And it, it may be, mm-hmm. you know, so, somewhat pricey, you know, for a, a small gadget like this, but it, this is a really important safety device because visibility is so important when you're riding, especially in inclement weather. Oh, and this thing is so bright <laughs> that y- you can't help but be seen. Dear God, it's like the sun. <laughs> yeah, so Indiegogo, hey, but Raymond, if you get a bunch of friends together, there's a five pack for four ninety nine. All right. Hey. There, there you go. Oh, shoot. Oh, this is awesome. Is ten that pack? a 10 pack for $8.99? Ooh, even oh, better. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it does come in different colors. Uh, there's black, white, uh, a stormtrooper version. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Exactly. So, anyway, um, <laughs> break free. We just got sued by George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it's just Disney now. Disney? Okay. Yeah. It's extremely litigious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um,. Well, that's all the topics I had. Who else has got something to bring up? Anything else going on? I really? Just thinking about oh. all the all the new bikes you got, and I'm with all these old bikes. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you were working on an old yeah. bike today. Yeah. Me did and we do everybody. Today? That was a garage. pain in the ass. Oh, that's yeah. why I call it the Time Bandit. Eighty-one R sixty-five. That's from parts back from when Dave Gardner used to run recommended service. And there's this whole crowd that runs with the BMW Airheads. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of guys who have less hair and grayer hair than I do. <laughs> so I'd always thought that, yeah, you know, when I get older, it's like a, an older kind of slow, slow, cool guy kind of bike that you don't have to drive fast yeah. mm-hmm. to look cool. But maybe this is pushing it a little too far. <laughs> tweed jacket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to get the arrow stitch with the tweed elbow patches, right? <laughs> So yeah, you had a challenging um, oh. fork removal. So did Isaiah. Oh yeah, yeah those are always. This thing fun. won't stop. We're both squirting fork fluid all over your garage. Thank <laughs> Sorry. you. Thank you. No, um, leg day at the, 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 the forks garage. were stuck in that in the 
triples. Yeah. Mm. And the thing was weird. Emma, I could, I've never seen this before. So uh, there's an Alan. Uh, Alan. Uh, on the top. The top, Alan. The top Alan plug. Steve. The top plug is an Alan. I thought, well, let's yeah. put in. And it's a large uh, diameter. Yeah. Let's put an Allen in there, spin it, and then eventually, uh, you, you know, you'll be able to turn the whole forks. Nuh-uh. No, it's that thing is just floating. It's right, and it's spring loaded, so you couldn't even tap it down. Mm. No, um, it's that's how the the forks are put together. That Allen is actually the fill. Yeah, it's the fill tube. There's no spring yeah. pressure behind it at all. Hmm. Um, yeah, and. You know, the top of the fork, you push it down, there's a circlip, and you pop the circlip out, and then the top comes out. Got it. But That's it was it. it was like a Marzocchi-style fork on those early BMWs, and it, it they're a pain in the ass, and you've right. really got to work them to get the stanchions out of the triple trees. I, you missed the part, and you probably would have been cringy, and I took a pipe wrench to it. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, but that was really when we were down to, like, nothing else is working. And you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do just to break it free. Um, um, we got it to spin. I was being very careful. I don't think I marked it up very yeah, much. You at all. used the pipe wrench very gently. Yeah, <laughs> you should not use a plumbing pipe wrench no. on phones. No. But what, sometimes you get down to the last straw, and that's when you pull out things like mm. pipe wrenches and vice grips. But mm. we came through in the clutch, and we got it stripped down and rebuilt. It's it's been a day of forks today. Yes, this yeah. afternoon. At one time, we had the little BMW forks apart. We had 250 Nighthawk forks apart and mm-hmm. R6 forks apart right. all at the same time. Right. And Isaiah's was a little bit of a challenge because uh, whenever you're taking the forks off, what's hard on a lot of bikes is you need to be able to get the front wheel off right. the ground. Mm-hmm. Um I discovered on my Africa Twin it did not come with a center stand. Right. <clears throat> Jim, did you know you can order a center stand for it? Yeah, Honda makes a stock yes, one. Yes, yeah. I think nice. I'm going to order yeah. one. Um, Good call. And on sport bikes, it's hard when you want to remove the front end because there are front lifts. But if you need to remove the forks, it's hard. So um, you got to remove uh, oftentimes the bodywork on a fully fared bike. Mm-hmm. And then find <laughs> ways to prop it up or to jack it up. <laughs> Um, but the, and you need to have it stabilized in the back, and we usually use one of the uh, rear stands for spools. Mm-hmm. But he's missing a spool. It got ground off in an accident, didn't it? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah. The spool mount got ground off, so there was no mm. spool mount. And the interesting sure. thing on that bike, I didn't realize that the rear swing arm is uneven on both sides. Asymmetrical, side. it's yeah. It's asymmetrical. What? So mm-hmm. when you use a, one of those stands that just has the, the arms that lift it up, it was lifting it up at an angle. Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it's a bit like put something under one side to brace it or something? Yeah. Well, it was it was a little sketch. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I just did, I just you know, did fork seals on the FC1, mm-hmm. and I put it on the lift, just the Harbor Freight one like mm-hmm. we have here. Um, you know, use the straps on the handlebars, and then I just get a small motorcycle jack put underneath the headers, mm-hmm. yep. um, and just lift it up there. Yeah. So, and if you get it forward <laughs> enough, it just—I mean—and then all you have to do is get the wheel, you know, half an inch off and the you ground, know, and that worked very. It was safe and the, easy. The truth is, unless it's some of the really, really high spec R1s with the very, very lightweight headers, mm-hmm. and some of the race spec jigsers. The headers on most bikes, as long as you spread the load, and that's the key, you spread mm-hmm. the load. Yeah. Don't attack it with, like, a very, very small cut well, we on saw a that, jack. We saw it today. Who was jacking the bike up? Somebody was jacking the bike up, and you okay. noticed that little cup 
like automotive mm-hmm. jack and they mm-hmm. had it under the engine was that yeah that was yeah, that yeah was that was that, oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know as long as you spread the load you know right. um piece of wood or something yeah. headers can easily support the weight of a bike well that's what i was wondering because well on his bike um he only had the the two center headers were lower than the outside ones mm. so it was really resting on just two mm. um and there are some bikes where there none of them are are in line so there isn't a flat surface with the headers I've you seen know that. what we should get is probably the uh front lift that we lifts. had one at one time no that but it lifts underneath the triple tree with right. a post we yeah. had one we had at one, one time it was, it's gone you know what yeah. we should get is a hoist and put it in the garage so let yeah, me tell like you something gantry, like oh, gantry frame would be actually let perfect me tell for you that. something yeah i know there's a story um, with that yeah. you know the garage is quite old yeah probably over 100 years old mm-hmm. um and if you notice when you walk in, you know where we hang the dildos? Yeah. <laughs> That's the main center beam supporting the center of the of the whole garage. Mm-hmm. You'll notice that that's a newer wood than the rest of the garage. Mm-hmm. That's because I had to take the front end off of my Ducati. Okay. And I thought, oh, I'll just use straps oh. and strap it to the beam mm. overhead. Mm-hmm. And that thing cracked. Oh my! Yeah, it had uh, it had termites in it, and that Ooh. thing cracked. I had my my Ducati like dangling in the wood <laughs> cracking. I'm like, ah! Well, but now you got new wood, and it's solid, right? I, I do, but it's not always a good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's you need to have support for something like that. Yeah. There are some garages you can do that. You yes. can hoist it up, but true. <clears throat> but I I don't here anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> but. You were able to get it up. So, I mean, you'd say on most bikes, if you have at least two headers that are parallel to the ground, that you can jack it up on that. Emma? I beg your pardon. Yeah, you were not paying attention. I wasn't paying attention, but I am now, and that's Mm -hmm. the important thing. Hold on, let me finish giving you the stink eye. (laughs) Ooh, that's mean. Um. On most bikes, though, if you have at least two pipes yeah. that are parallel, you can. You can, but I can't stress this enough. you got to spread the load. And what it means if you've got two pipes, mm-hmm. what's ideal is get a good, solid piece of soft wood. Pine's mm-hmm. great. And, you know, chunky, that's at least six said, inches long. You said soft wood. Yes. Chunky <laughs> um, soft wood. Six inches of soft wood. Six inches of soft wood. Chunky <laughs> soft wood. The Quote unquote that, six inches. That's what we should be using the dildos for. Yes. Hey, there you go. Oh, I know very soft. Just let the pipes cool off first. Yeah, but I mean, the worst—the worst thing you can do is if, you, like I say, if you've got a if you've got a jack with one of these kind of smaller cups on it, jack it up with that, and you're going to put a little ridge in the in the downpipe. It just gets better. She said, yeah. "Jack it up." Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I know. Well, normally. Um, I've found on bikes that you can put jack stands underneath the engine case on both sides. Yep. Um, in this case, they're on the right side. He's got a coolant hose running right underneath. Yeah. There's got so to be you can get access way. to it. I know. <laughs> so there are tricks, but you guys were able to get it jacked up and got it done. I think I did the that floor jack and then I put the jack stand like under where the thermostat goes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of a weird like three point balancing <laughs> act. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had the the two points in the back with the with the rear stand and then the jack and then uh, and then the jack stand kind of off to the side so 
Like it was all very asymmetrical, but it was but, sturdy. I mean, there was at least four points of contact holding that thing. But you know, you know, straight up. Yeah, Jagger would be proud. Yeah. The, um, the the biggest issue with that whole job um, was getting as much of the corrosion off the forklifts uh, yeah. as we could. Which is a pain in the ass. Well, look we, like there are grooves in the. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's some go worse than others, and I must admit, those those fork legs were the worst I've seen in a while. Um, and you just got to try and get through the corrosion as best you can. I mean, the proper fix is buying new fork legs, but that's uh, you get to get the. Energy. That's an expensive hit. Yeah. So <laughs> you just kind of clean up as best you can. It's because yeah. Yamaha OEM parts aren't cheap. They are not. I find that they're one of the more expensive. Well, ones. and and let's be very clear: the S in sports bikes isn't an S; it's a dollar sign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that is true. Hmm. Yep. So, and I did a little work today on the uh, DRZ four hundred, and I learned a lesson. Oh, and the lesson was? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> on the carburetor that has been leaking, and I assumed it was the O ring that goes bad. Yes. And I replaced it, and I put it back together, yes. and it still leaked. But did so you then, use the proper size O-ring? I don't know. So <laughs> then I assumed that either the it was an improper O-ring or that the float was stuck. Yes. So I pulled it all out, yes. and I bench-tested it Yes. by hooking up um, the auxiliary tank yes. and taking off the bottom of the carburetor so I yes. could manually diddle the float. and um, Much diddling. Yeah, and I showed that it was moving freely and that was, in fact, stopping all fl- fluids from flowing through. Yes. So I thought, okay, I'm good. Yes. I put it back together. I put it back on the bike, turned it on, <coughs> and it was just leaking all over again. When, when it's in the bike, is it on the side stand or center stand? It is on the lift on a, uh, on a, in a wheel chalk. It's so like it's upright. upright, like mm-hmm. as you're riding it. So... Yeah. Okay. What I now determined by looking more closely at it and not making an assumption mm-hmm. was that it is the gasket on the float bowl. Oh, it's the it simplest thing. Flat. And yeah. one of the peculiarities of an FCR carburetor is... FCR? FCR. FCR, okay. Yeah, FCR carburetor mm-hmm. is the gasket is above... The float height. Uh, or below, I say below. The, the, yeah. the float height is above <laughs> the gasket. Right. right. So that gasket surface is constantly submerged. Right. So you mm. better have a decent gasket on it, and you don't. And it was yes. zibbling, zibbling. So I'd say the lesson here is I just made assumptions based upon history and issues um, without really inspecting it. Um, and it's something as simple as I need a new gasket. And once I pulled it apart, you could see that it was actually recessed below yeah, it the shrunk. level. Cracked. It had shrunk and yeah, and cracked. Something that simple, but this has kept the bike from running for how many months now? Mm. I, I told you that early yeah. on, and you're like, no, 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 that couldn't be it. <laughs> yeah, it's usually not that. To be fair, though, you weren't really yeah. dedicating a good amount of like troubleshooting yeah. time to you it. Oh, so. I know. But it's uh, exactly because I wasn't dedicating much, I didn't really look closely. But once I got a flashlight oh, and those looked super at helpful. it, you could see <laughs> where it was coming out. And of. I, mm-hmm. I tell you what else is helpful. Mm-hmm. which you were found out today, is having the carburetor at eye level. Mm. Yes. Uh, having it on thing. the bunch. Having it on the bunch. Yeah, on the lift. Yes. Yeah, lifting the bike up. The lift is <clears throat> awesome. Do you even lift, bro? 
Okay. <laughs> you should have changed your life. I know. Ray, Raymond was having lift envy today. He was looking at it. Life changing. Um, I think you want to get one. Yeah, I think Raymond is going to pull the trigger on a lift. The current price is 340 <clears throat> bucks with 25% off. That's a goddamn mm-hmm. lifetime purchase, believe it or not. You could oh, buy the metal that, mm-hmm. that is made out of for and, less money than mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. It is one of the best, one of the best deals there. I have to say, I'm not going to say that that is a high quality lift no, by any I standard, mean, but it's basic. adequate but, for home use. Yeah, but um, a lot of times we say, you know, buying stuff at Harbor Freight, you don't expect quality. Yeah. Uh, based upon the price and you know where you know where it's made, but that tool chest that I got. That was cheap, and it is nice. It right. does its job. Mm, yeah, definitely. You're not like yeah. Um, you're not putting it in a race truck and going places with it. You know. And like these that. these lifts, they do all the things you need it to do. And if you even have the most basic welding skills, you can resolve any issues that arise from overuse on this mm-hmm. because yep. you know yep. it's it is the simplest of things. It's a it's a bottle jack, you know, and and metal yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. It's cheap metal yeah basically raymond i was just talking about you oh i shouldn't have left yeah i said that uh you have lift envy don't you i do have lift envy. <laughs> yeah get i do have lift envy yeah you're gonna get one yeah yeah it's on I'm, sale I'm, at harbor freight i was gonna say <laughs> what, what was the price we came up with raymond it's three like 280 or something yeah 340 with t- 25 percent 25 percent off it's coming out like 270 280 that's, that's ridiculous awesome and you know, if you're like um, Arwen Rich, his is in the middle of his garage where the car clears, and yeah. so you can park a car over it during the week. Huh. Yeah, his which is makes sense too. He's got the Ooh, nice electric one. is nice. Yeah, he's got Aww. the yeah. His is hydraulic. Well, you know what's nice it? about the Harbor yeah. Freight one too, because my shop. Well, it's not that it's small. I just keep packing it full of stuff, but it's easy to move, like to move around and maneuver. Like a lot of times, because I have to kind of push it out. I have to push it into the one end of it to get the bike on it. Mm-hmm. Then I'll jack it up, and then I can still roll the lift around in my shop. You know, mm-hmm. the four hundred twenty pound bike on it. Nice. Yeah. So it's like it's like maneuverable. A dolly. You know. Yeah. Pretty much. All right. So what other tools do we need, you guys? We've been doing a pretty good job. I keep I keep thinking. Oh, I Flashlight put in batteries. I put in new um, feeler gauge. I got a brand new feeler gauge. Oh, nice. perfect. Yeah. We bought new flashlights. You got the bendy ones too. Those are mm-hmm. nice. Universal fork seal driver. Got it. Got two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And ultimately, shim kits. Tons of shim kits. <sighs> I know. Yeah. Like 30 bucks a yeah. piece. Yeah but, like, yeah, but, you know, it's... it's it. But, like, how often do we Spring do puller. shims, though? Like, well, because nice we have, don't have sure. shim kits. I mean, yeah. a lot of um, times we say, yeah, your bike needs shimming, and all bikes need shimming. Yeah. But we... we we shy away from it because yeah. we don't have the kits. So I know well, it's and so much hole. of it's shim under bucket these days that it's a massive job that you don't want to do in the parking lot of a, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm always really hesitant about pulling the lid off an engine here because yeah, um, a it's a cool bike. it down once you get here, and if somebody drives in, and then you got to cool it down to do the valve adjust, yeah. right? Well, and I have some of the little the little tools, the hooky tools, yeah, and everything. I mean, um, ultimately, my goal with the Misfits is get the inside cleaner. Oh, so I guess I got to clean up the possum poop. Yeah, um, and just have a cleaner area that if we get into engine work and get into more precise work, 
we have a cleaner area to work we on. We do that occasionally. Maybe a tickle. <coughs> what about a three hundred dollar torque wrench, like one of those snap on digital? What, what knocks that? Uh, no, the MIG welder works fine. Brian was in here using yeah. it. Agree to disagree. Yeah, right. Yeah, we'll call it the booger building. thrower. Oh, <laughs> Stop. Anything else, Emma, that we need? Maybe a, maybe a, maybe a possum den so they don't like, <laughs> yeah. invade the garage. Under the workbench? <laughs> no, I mean like outside of the garage oh, so they don't invade. <laughs> I love that possums keep living there. Well, yeah, of course you there. do. I do. I mean, but have it outside so you can like visit them in their possum den. <laughs> so they don't zoo. like... Yeah. I mean, the fact is, we've, we've got... Within reason, we've got pretty much everything we need to conduct 90% of jobs on a motorcycle right now. Hey, especially with a tire machine. How about yeah. uh, just a front forklift? The you know, like a, a stand with a under. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we're just talking about. Actually, we don't have one. Yeah. And I, I, I tell you what would be nice. Oh wait, you know we didn't have one. I we have the one that goes under the right. fork, the bottom of the fork. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, okay, we yeah. need one that goes up. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Under the triple. Yeah. Uh, Pitbull mm. does them. Yeah. We could get one of those, and then we could get a simple wheel stand and a bunch of wheel weights so we can balance rims. I have two mm. wheel stands yep. out there. In that case, all we need is a bunch of yep. weights. Does anybody need a wheel stand? I will trade for a pit bull. Uh, no? Okay. I've seen her wheel stand. It's 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 the same one that I got. It's totally functional. They're great yeah. wheel yeah, stands. Yeah, I have two of them out there. Yeah, you trued up two Harley wheels yep. on those things. Mm-hmm. Right. You got a fully, fully built, yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, we're going to get that uh, Mount D-mount bar, right, for the tire changer, and we'll just start fucking around with that. It thing. costs as much as that kit cost new as yeah, the tire changer cost new what are you yep. talking about yeah the I'm mount demon bar the nomar brand is uh, about 100 something bucks 120 oh, bucks jeez but it's like you know it comes with lube and and three tips and all that shit and, mm-hmm. yeah and, you know. i mean the truth is if you give your wheel to a bike shop to get your tire done it's 50 bucks now yeah. so guess what two tire mounts is just paid for itself mm-hmm so, you know what? Um, I'm going to go to emails now because we got a lot of emails. We got a lot of really good stuff. Um, and I want to read a bunch of these. Knock, can you read that one? All right, this one's called Tack Welding Master Links. <laughs> 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 oh my fucking God, don't do it. <laughs> don't tack weld Master Link rivets. I've tried that and wadded my chain as a result, busting a crack in the right transmission case on my Sportster. <coughs> one sprocket cover mounting bosses also. Oh, one of the. Sprocket mounting cover bosses also broke off. Sprocket was cut. Sprocket cover was toast. Luckily, the chain fed itself, freed itself from the back sprocket and didn't lock up the rear wheel. Yeah, yeah. So who's who's that That smart man? This rowdy Otto Reimer. Yeah, rowdy. He's got a he's got a Carl Sagan quote on his email. Oh yeah, which means I like him already. Says we are the custodians of life's meaning. We are Mm. very good. Bagel, you have one there, and I gave it to you because you're the best accenter. Oh, my. <laughs> Unless you want to trade with Emma. <laughs> this one says, Welsh Welsh XR 400 Woves. Oh, look, you! <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is Lewis Allen, 31, from Maid- rainy mid-Wales. <laughs> Wales. <laughs> Pronounced Wales. Wales. 
<laughs> I have been listening to the podcast for about a year now. No, that's not how Welsh people sound, Boyle. Uh, I don't know how to do it. I'm sorry. Here, trade with Emma. Here you go, Emma. Oh. No, yeah, carry yeah. on. You're doing a smash-up right. job, Bagel. <laughs> Use it in your, yeah, Scottish, Irish, oh, English, oh my God. South African I'll accent. Just, I'm just going to read it. Right. <laughs> I've been listening to the podcast for about a year now and love the show. You give me hope through the cold, wet, and sheepy winter here you in Wales. Oh, sheepy look you. They're very nice looking up look, there. Look you. <laughs> Boyo. I have a weird collection of bikes, probably off-road focused, with some amazing trails here in Wales. A CB750 F2 single overhead cam. Yes. FX650 flat track custom. Yes. DT175 DT barn find custom. Yes. Cool. 140 pit bike. Mm. Suzuki 125 thing <laughs> Honda Melody Scoot Oh my god what? Wait, what is a Honda Melody Scoot? I, I, I love this personal No, Honda Melody Oh, it's what a tiny it? little Is monkey. it like a jazz? You, it's, it's a Honda jazz <laughs> <laughs> No, Melody It's a what wonderful What is a Honda Melody? Look it up It's a tiny I'm little thing It was loved by and, housewives in the 80s <laughs> And uh, it continues uh, a mini moto and finally, the one with the problems, the 96XR400R. R. And he says, I am a fairly capable home mechanic with a little help, having worked on all my terrible bikes over the years. I rebuilt the XR motor after blowing it up with low oil four years ago. I tore it down totally, cleaned all the broken piston out, and rebuilt it with a new oversized Wiseco piston and new exhaust valves. It then ran great for three years. I came back to it after a few months not riding it to find it had lost all compression. Oh, boo! Put an airline down the spark plug hole on TDC to find out where the loss was and narrowed it to the intake valves. Had the head professionally looked at with new exhaust valves ground in, rebuilt it, and the compression is is better, but not what it was. Measured the piston in the bore, and it was intolerance. Checked the valve timing numerous times. <coughs> did the valve clearances to spec, and it's still the same. It does not run like it did. Hmm. I'm hoping that you can please help, as I am now totally at my wit's end, having tried everything I know. If any of you ever come to Wales, hit me up, and you're welcome to borrow one of my bikes for some amazing trail rides. Yeah. By, b- by the way, my up-the-butt bikes is a KX500 flat track custom. Nice. And that was from Lewis Allen. Um, nice. So flat look, track bikes are awesome. Did I tell you my brother lives in Wales? Ah. Yeah, he lives... Um, mm. He lives in Llan- was, his name, was his name Jonah? No, he, he lives in Llanferris. <laughs> Look, you. It's outside Mold, and Mold is spelled M O L D. But my mum always insists on spelling it with a U. M O U W L D. God Almighty! I mean, uh, it could be anything. Look, you only need th- three things for an engine to run. You need compression, you need sparks at the right time, and you need um, carburation of sorts. So look, you might be going down a a rabbit warren with this this thing. Um, XR400s, you know, they're tricky bikes. What I would do, if it's just not going how it did before... Do a compression check. You know what the compression's meant to be. If the compression's low, it's somewhere in there, whether your rings are washing out or whatever. But I don't think it's that. 
Yeah. And and he didn't say what the compression was when he tested it, but he says it yeah. wasn't what it used to be before. So, I mean, could it be that it, it's a leak in the, the, the head gasket or something? Or I mean, there's, there's so many places it can go. Yeah. Um, the piston might be in spec. What about the rings? You know? Yeah, I mean, he, said it, he said it was in spec. So, um, well, that's vague. Yeah, he said it measured the piston in the bore and it was intolerance. Yeah, but what about the rings? Oh, yeah. Well, oh, the ring gap? Yeah, the ring gap. Yeah, it, might have, it might have a baggy ring gap mm. if the compression is low. If it's just feeble on power, um, the CDI might not be advancing like it used to be. Mm-hmm carburation might not be what it used to be there's a mm. there's a million things it could be um if i ever go over and visit my brother i'll come and see and borrow one of his bikes from probably the xr 400 and then i can diagnose it properly all right there you go sell it and buy you an africa a- twin darling <laughs> <laughs> emma you have an email there oh i do <clears throat> this is from rowdy rowdy again rowdy, rowdy again wow. hello rowdy dear misfits I hope Yuasa occasionally sends Miss Emma a little money from their marketing budget. I wish they would as well. Um, After recently being stuck on the side of the road with a battery that wouldn't crank, I bought and installed a Yuasa battery in my Sportster, and it's the most I've paid for a motorcycle battery so far. (laughs) This is a common denominator with Yuasa batteries, Rowdy. Mm -hmm. I am a cheap bastard. Nothing wrong with that either, so am I. But her arguments for buying Yuasa were convincing. She clearly knows her stuff, and I'm going to trust that she's right about Yuasa. Um, she's right. She's absolutely right about Everything that is running smoothly so far. With the right battery, my Sportster starts instantly, mm-hmm. and the sporadic electrical issues magically go away. It's true. I'm guessing a good battery is the difference between dirty electrical connections being a little too dirty and not quite dirty enough to be an issue. You know... I'll tell you the difference because a lot of people will quantify why a UASA battery is so much better and the my biggest gripe is with these crap batteries they sell um, via AutoZone and I can't remember mm. what brand they're selling them mm. under but they're absolutely Duralast there you go yeah. thank you they are the bane of my life Duralast battery oh, yeah. on, on bikes <clears throat> and so I actually cut one open to find out what's going on hold on <laughs> how does one safely do this you don't <laughs> so, I don't recommend you do this in a giant tub of baking soda right. so what, what tool does one use to cut so, open a battery so basically <laughs> trouble a hacksaw. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, you basically, you cut it very gently with it sitting upright on the bench, and then you just empty as much of the, the, the acid out as you can and just carry on. But here's the deal. So if you've got a battery that's, say, for one of better terms, 6x6x6, by six by six, you, you ask a battery, 90, 95% of the inside of that battery is going to be lead-acid cells, mats, and just area for batteries mm-hmm. when you cut up a, open one of those Duracell ones half of it is <coughs> just air wow it's and like that three, makes it it's lighter. like three plates in a, in a, you know like. right exactly and they get 12 volts out of it but there's so much less of it and that's the worst example I mean it is you uh, the Yuasa is absolutely the best battery you can put in your bike, bar none. 
Dura Lasso are without doubt the worst battery you can put in your bike, bar none. Now in the middle, there's a ton of other ones. I actually put, of all things, a um, Duracell battery in my Triumph years ago, and it was one of the longest batteries, lasting batteries I've ever had. Hmm. Um, Duracell, the brand Duracell? Yeah. I wonder uh, if it's a rebadged Yuasa. It, it <laughs> might have been, yeah. because it lasted forever. Yeah. Um, and actually, my Pacific Coast had an old, a really, really old Exide in it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed to go on forever, but they're the exceptions to the rule. Generally, cheaper batteries are cheap for a reason. Um, you know, I've been doing this long enough that... Yeah. And it's it's really getting to the stage now, if I'm working on a bike and it's got electrical problems on it, and it even <coughs> hints that it needs a new battery, <coughs> I just, I'm putting a USA in it. But the yeah. thing that was mentioned here that <clears throat> I want to just repeat again, a bad battery can cause sim- electrical symptoms on the bike. Yes. Yep. Yes. And I know a lot of us have spent time trying to chase things down. It's like, just get a new well, battery. Now, if you think about <coughs> voltage and amps and resistance, mm-hmm. voltage, amps, and resistance, it never changes. The re- That actual formula never changes. What's the formula, Bagel? Volts, resistance, and amps. (laughs) Correct. Good job, Bagel. Sorry. No, but... We can edit that. I'm not not an electrical engineer. If you have less voltage going through something because you've got a shitty battery, the resistance of the component is the same. So the amp drawer of the component is going to go way up, which burns things out. It's as simple as that. It's a very, very simple equation. Yes. You know? Hmm. Um, You need a decent battery in your bike. If your bike is having electrical (laughs) problems, and it's it's having mystery electrical problems. If your bike's not charging, well, guess what? You've got something wrong. But if your bike's doing sort of weird, goofy stuff and it's charging but it's not starting properly or it's not doing this or not doing this, look at your battery. If it's got a cheap-ass battery in it, I hate to tell you this, buy you Asa. Yeah, and I, I, I was plagued with electrical woes with, with my <laughs> Cannonball Vespa for, for quite a while, and it turned out it was it was an aftermarket battery that I'd bought and put in it. Right. And yeah. Because it's a, a, a spark that runs off the battery. <clears throat> when, when the battery just dropped below a certain voltage, <laughs> it just cut out and the bike would die. But, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a hard sell. But also I've got to tell you that recently, if you shop around, you can get a UASA for actually the same price as what you'd pay for a cheap one. Most of my stuff comes online, and I'll tell you, it sells very cheap USA batteries, is Chaparral Motorsports. Mm-hmm. Right, we, we went there. We went there. Yeah. Um, they saved my ass about a decade ago because they were only placing 250 miles that was open on a Sunday, and all I needed was a master link. I drove from north of Barstow wow. all the way down there to get a master link from Chaparral. It is a magical yeah. place. It really is. Saved my ass. But I, I bought... A new USA for my RF 900. Um, I think I paid. It wasn't 
a massive. I think it was sixty bucks with free shipping. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They're not like they're not horribly expensive. They're not massively they're like, they're expensive. Under under hundred bucks. When you get up to the Harley size ones, yeah, they're getting. <laughs> oh yeah, no, the Harley ones, the twelve, like the the twelve series are like. I'm sure Rowdy spent like a hundred and fifty bucks on a on a battery. But oh really? He's gonna he's gonna be getting a hundred and fifty dollar well, battery. That's a cheap insurance, good peace of mind. I mean, you know, you. Spend well, and like I say, if all the crap on your your bike suddenly magically gets fixed, yeah. It, yeah. It, and, that, and Harley's why got some questionable wiring anyways but yeah that's why i bought that battery uh tester the load tester right because we have so many people come in with the issues mm-hmm. and anyone who bought a cheap bike is not gonna buy an expensive battery right i, yeah. I i've been that person and you yeah. need to test the load because 12 volts mm-hmm. you can get 12 volts off right. anything because will, you know. oh i charged it this morning it should be good and that is the point i want to make mike the only reliable way to test your battery is to do a load test on it. If you get a voltmeter on it and it says, yeah, I've got 12 volts, that's just great. You know, you can go out and celebrate all you want, but you've only got half the picture. Mm-hmm. You absolutely have to load test it. And, and the only way to load test a battery is with a load tester. So, and for people who don't know how it works, so you hook up the two leads to the battery, and then the other two leads to each of your nuts, your scrotum. Yep. And then you have to stand up and dangle it between your legs. And if you blow it's, a load, if the, that's good. If the clips come off of your scrotum uh, under 60 seconds. Did they come off your scrotum, Liza? <laughs> you are such a child. <laughs> I think that's how we get along. <laughs> the load equalizer. <laughs> your load was equalized. I'm wow. quite sure. Um, wow. So, yeah, you ask the batteries. What of it? Anyway, there is, there's another paragraph. Well. Um, I'm listening to the Potpourri special episode, <laughs> and I just heard the discussion about yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just heard the discussion about 3D printers yeah. and metal parts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true that more affordable 3D printers will not allow you to directly print a metal part, right. but they can print excellent forms for sand casting and investment casting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's even a, a filament especially for this. Uh-huh. Rock yeah. on! Exclamation point. Rowdy O Rima. So I even thought at one point it would be worth getting a 3D printer just to make CB750 side covers. <laughs> yeah. Right? I Those things are worth a lot of money. Well, now hang on, because um, good old Maya, the uh, dirt bike plastic people, make CB750 side panels yeah. and Z900 side panels, and they're quite ambitious with the price of them. Yeah, you can get them out of, they're made of like black ABS. <coughs> yeah. And you have to get exactly. them painted and everything. Yeah, but. Um, they're quite ambitious with the prices, but they're a lot cheaper than OEM I stuff. I seem to recall last time mm. I had to buy one, they were like 75 bucks. Yeah, it maybe. sounds about right. That's so do you have uh, Plastifix or Powder Bond? Uh, maybe. I got a, a bucket of glue things. Okay, mm. this is something special. It's this powdered like plastic. You can get it in black and white and this uh, stuff that smells like super glue that's a solvent. Mm. The binds it. I've fixed a lot of body work with that on both the yeah. Triumph and actually the Beamer too. Oh, really? Oh, cool. What's yeah, it called like again? Powder Bond is mm-hmm. the stuff out of South Africa. You can find that on Amazon. And Plastifix is the more expensive one, but do the Powder Bond. You get the black and the white in one box, like 15 bucks. Oh, cool. Mm. Yeah. Nice. All right, uh, Henry, you have yes. an email there? I do. 
It's nicely, uh, you've been folding it into origami, I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have an email it com- from... It comes extremely naturally <coughs> to him. <laughs> <laughs> I have an email from Anne titled, Trying to Speed Triple. Hi, Misfits. I thoroughly appreciated podcast number 342. You discussed issues with batteries on Triumphs and the Speed Triples in particular. As I mentioned in an email that you read on air, I presently own and ride a Royal Purple 2012 Speed Triple. Oh, that's a handsome bike. Mentioned mm-hmm. was that one should only replace the batteries with factory originals. Yeah. And I think Miss Emma mentioned ASA? Yuasa. 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 I think, yeah, I think Anne meant uh, Yuasa. Mm-hmm. Hope so, because that's just what I pulled out of mine, the original battery, and it won't hold a charge anymore and won't take a full charge. Mm-hmm. There, you there you go. go. It's time. <laughs> it's fortunate that it's happening now, happening now as it's winter, so I can put it off for a few months. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> what year was that bike together initially? 2012. So that hmm. thing has been in there for... It's a seven-year-old yeah, battery, seven years yeah. It's about time. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That's awesome, though. Yeah. I'm looking at the Yuasa Super MF bunch of word gobbledygook. <laughs> That Yuasa battery on the side, yeah, and even it. has a tag of my VIN affixed there too. Yep, oh, yeah. hmm. that's the OEM one. That's it. <coughs> All there right. you go. Yeah, and uh, that was um, Anne. Anne mm-hmm. and P.S. Notice, <laughs> notice how I didn't use any customers. Oh fuck it, there's one. <laughs> now I I think you should know that um, Henry is actually a black belt in origami. <laughs> So, um, uh, time for one more. Oh, there's a picture on that one. There's a picture on this one. Yeah, well, this is kind of cool because we mentioned this bike mm-hmm. last week and I didn't know what it was. Oh. So, uh, this is from Mort. He says, hi team, another great podcast. Just got the tingles when you mentioned the Veradero. Mm-hmm. A spectacular Ooh, yeah. bike. On the... He had six years of pure bliss touring, and a fair bit of it was two up. The bloody thing loves to run and run all day. The V-Twin never missed a beat, yeah. and sounds horny, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he d- and it didn't bike. mind a bit of dirt when required. Nice. He attached a picture of the beast, and he says, keep up the great work. And this is a good-looking bike. So... The Veradera, did they have these here in the States? No. Nope. Europe only. Ah, that's And Canada, why. too. <clears throat> yeah, the, those oh, Canadians Canada? got it. Nice. And you know, the truth is, the cultural successor to the original Africa Twin is really mm-hmm. the Veradero, mm-hmm. yeah. not the yeah. current Africa no. Twin. It looks like a V-Strom. Because, um, mm-hmm. It kind of is. It's like, it's my motor in that, in a... a uh, oh, that's a 650? No, 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 it's a super uh, high. Oh, it's a super 1000. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, um... You know, the original, if we go back to 88, the original Africa Twin, which was a beast, um, 750V Twin. It was a V Twin, basically a very, very pumped up Transalp engine. It was the same three valve, pent roof mm-hmm. head, really good engine. Um, <clears throat> that went on and on, powered shadows and this and this and this and this. But it was a V Twin. So, of course, the current Africa Twin being a parallel twin, you know, it's kind of a distant cousin. But the Varadero, really, you could argue, is the cultural successor. It's a big, burly adventure bike with a powerful V-twin engine in it. Yep. And a Superhawk engine to boot. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. So, um, next weekend, I'm going to be out of town. Yeah. But I'll be back for the podcast. Uh, Well, I'll run the garage then. Emma, yeah, do you mind running the garage next week? No, I'll run the garage. Cool. Don't throw away too many more of my tools. You know, I'll um, 
old, you know, the old uh, iron fist in the velvet glove weeds <laughs> works every time. <laughs> nice. Oh, rubber gloves. We need that on the list. Rubber gloves. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you We're can bring yours, Knock. You know, yeah. the leopard print ones. Oh, I love those. So, um... <laughs> Just in wrapping up, I know it's 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 winter. Um, uh, it, yeah, it's it's winter here, and I know a lot of people are getting antsy and want to ride, and, yes. and a lot of people listen to us because they live vicariously through us. Maybe they can't ride because of the weather there. Um, I'll tell you what we were doing today, and <clears throat> we're already getting jazz for AMA Vintage Days. Oh, God, are we? <laughs> and it is so much fun to go through some of our old pictures and share stories with people. <laughs> Grown men behaving like children. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, yes. Um, so I'm just I'm gonna just be planting the seed. I think we are gonna have a big crew this summer. I think we are, and as well. I think this is the time. Let's get all as many misfits as we can there. As Prepare many, your anus, Phil. <laughs> as many listeners there. I think uh, I think we're gonna have people flying, people driving, people riding. You know, let's just do a big party on Saturday night. We can get a load of people sitting around a campfire and just telling shitty stories, drinking far too much beer, and having a good time. Sounds like celebrate. a Cleveland Moto podcast. Exactly. You know? They their game, though. Um, and we should, and we should record it and put it online. <laughs> so, here in the middle of winter, I mean, you may be listening to this and looking out the window and there's snow outside. So, think on to the 4th of July weekend. So it's a weekend after, I believe, July 10th okay. this year, which is good. So it's not competing on 4th of July. Well, Where quick summer, I think July 4th is a Saturday this year. I, when I saw mm-hmm. Corbin down there the other day, you know, he throws that party every year, and he's stoked because this year, I think July 4th is on a Saturday. So wow. Corbin's yeah. just going to be a blowout, too. So we're going to do Hollister that And weekend. we're going to do, because traditionally in the last couple of years, you know, me and Jim have done... Uh, Corbin's well mm-hmm. you've yeah. gone out to AMA but we can do both this year we which will be both. great you all ready um, to do America things I'm getting <laughs> stoked uh, who else it. is going to come to AMA Vintage Days I will come oh, yeah, Scott you need to come I'll try yeah. it sounds fun Maybe it's in Ohio just I'm up so in Ohio Michael Ohio. McDonald Yamo B that's far <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's Burning Man for motorcyclists Ooh. I'll take the ninja. Wait, now you just <laughs> fucked it up. I want nothing to do with it now. That'd be perfect, as you can mud, mud like, it. And I'm hoping that Kurt is listening to us right now. And if you are, Kurt, right. I want to buy your GT550, put it in a box, box van, and drive it home. Mm. Ooh. That's what I want. You're throwing it down. I'm throwing the gauntlet. Well, he, he might not want to sell it, to be fair. But just in case you do, Kurt... It would be going to a very good home. Well, last week I asked people to send us recommendations, shout-outs for their shops, and I really appreciated everyone who emailed. This time, I'm going to say, send us a shout-out for the event that you go to every year that you oh, look forward idea. to. Mm. Because this is when everyone is making plans. Yeah. And I know that uh, down at Barber, that that's a huge event. Yeah. Oh, Barber's <laughs> huge. Sturgis, 80 year. Sturgis oh, wow. is going to be huge. They're Isla, expecting like a million people. The Isle of Man, of course. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of smaller events. Um, they're all over. I mean, even just like the Hype Pipe Festival yeah, for been, Scramblers. I've been I digging mean, some of this American flat track racing. I wouldn't mind seeing some more of that. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. You know, travel a little bit. When's the last time we've gone to a flat track race up in Calistoga? Should we do that Long too? Time. 
Yeah, or the miles. Do the, yeah, or the, the yeah. Sacramento mile. Yeah, totally. We should go and do that. That's a hoot, man. That's a good time, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, for our listeners out there, um, please send us a shout-out for the event that you go to. Make sure you include the name and, and the date and the, the, the state that mm-hmm. it's in. Or and the country. Or the country, exactly. Yeah. Uh, province. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Territory. There you go. Um, Tribe. Protectorate. <laughs> exactly. And let's uh, spread the word, and maybe um, our misfits out there can start meeting up. Misfits uh, on hmm. parade, darling. Okay. <laughs> you know, anywhere we go, it is a parade. It is a parade. <laughs> and there's yeah. usually a mini bike involved. Mom always told me lady. not to parade my dysfunction. <laughs> or, or a short bus. Mostly <laughs> <laughs> short bus. Hey, we don't talk about how I got to school. <laughs> so I think... We've gotten ourselves there, so you may have noticed we did a long episode again. I'm on the fence about doing the um, two one-hour episodes and the one long episode. What I think I might do when we have a guest, we may do two one-hour episodes so that guest has a smaller episode to share. Um, But I've gotten positive feedback both ways. Yeah. Hmm. But to all of our long-haul drivers... Uh, they they appreciate <laughs> the longer shows, so there you go. There will be just one show this week. Um, oh, plus I'm going to be I'm heading out Thursday to Colorado. Oh yeah, Ooh. yeah. Getting that mile high sushi. Going to go do some stuff. Motorcycle exactly. stuff. Um, hood rat adjacent. That's good. It's supposed to snow, so there's. Definitely going to be a go kart thing happening. Mm, okay, like I said, hood rat shit. <laughs> I know, and definitely a visit to at least one shop. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Where, where are we going in Colorado? Uh, Denver. Ah, dual burnout. Yeah. You can stop and stop in and see uh, one of the scooter shops there. Sportique scooters. Okay. Shout out. Sure, I'll put that high on my list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same. If you're looking for stuff to do, they're there. <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, hey, it's great to get uh, this many people out here again. I love it when we have a big, lively show. That usually means it was a big, lively day at the garage. And it was. Oh, yeah. And it was. We had a There's break a in the rain. Yeah. It was finally. nice. <sighs> I know. All I got to do is make sure. Uh, oh, I got I to gotta hide the keys to the Africa Twin next week, Duh. don't I? <laughs> oh, I you know. I better hide, hide the, the keys. Bike. I better hide the keys. So um, that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And again, thank you to our Patreon supporters. Um, mm-hmm. And congratulations to our, our prize winners this week. Yay. And um, send us those emails with your event shout outs. There you go. I think we've got it. Anyone else have any last things they need to add? I uh, appreciate listening, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, Yeah, and finally, it looks like we may have a contingent going to the one show in Portland. Yeah. So, um, (coughs) if you are thinking, if you're in the uh, Pacific Northwest and you're thinking of heading that way, come down because there'll be there'll be some misfits there and i'm kind of on the fence about flying or uh, me and mikey might actually drive (laughs) up in a box van with a couple of bikes Mm. i think that's the way to go i think that will be if they can find a corner for us Um, well i mean just be careful too with the weather oh yeah yeah it's the siskiyous but we'll be all right and talking about racing um they'll have uh, the racing there's always good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now the show and the racing will be in the same location, yeah. so I think that'll be a, that'll be really cool to check out. Well, nice. there you go. And one last final thing. Fuck you, knock. 
Yeah, fuck <laughs> you, no. What? Fix oh, my yes. phone. Please do. I love you, man. I love you, not. I don't know how many people just say fuck, Doc. Yeah, I know. He's really a nice guy. That's not true. I'm an asshole. It is true. He is an <laughs> asshole. He needs actual headlines. Nicest asshole you'll ever meet. Nicest asshole you'll ever meet. And also a black belt in origami. Ah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. On that note, thank you everyone for listening. I think it's time to get out of here. This is Liza. Michael. <laughs> Mathematics. Bagel. <laughs> Henry. Emma Darling. Raymond. Charles. Isaiah. Jeremy. Naked Jim. Scott. And we're out of here. Cool. 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 Cool.